Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Afternoon, evening or morning all and welcome to this week's episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast. I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host and I really hope you're having a good week. We in the UK have got the most glorious weather and in the UK that doesn't happen very often so we do shout about it. We are just soaking up the sun right now and I'm fortunate enough to live near the beach so I've been to the beach today so I am super happy and I really hope you guys are too whatever you're up to across the world. Now, today, we have got a fantastic guest joining us on the show. His name is Maxwell Fenton and is the account manager at Ascot Races. Yeah, Ascot Races. It is that posh, isn't it? So we're going to be talking all around luxury high-end events. And we're also going to be touching on sporting events, as well as finding out a little bit more about Maxwell and how he bagged his job at Ascot Races and what makes him tick. Enjoy the episode and I will see you at the end. Hi Max, welcome to the podcast. I'm so pleased to have you here today. So thanks for your time. No worries, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, and it's such a great topic that we're going to talk about because I was just saying before we press record, um, sporting events is not something we've really touched on on this podcast. So I'm super excited to just talk through that and allow our listeners just to explore this sort of industry, this side of the industry, should I say. Now, before we go into that, I wondered if you could just start by telling the listeners a little bit about you and how you got into the sporting events industry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of a kind of a career change. I spent a few years in recruitment, basically, okay. um, which um, which, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, as people may or may not know, is quite a good learning for pretty much everything because you do literally a bit of everything. Um, yeah. You know, sales, kind of interviewing people, um, you know, kind of, you know, down to, you know, down to kind of, you know, people's kind of income and um, you know giving you know giving out jobs and kind of seeing people you know come along that are really sort of looking for um looking you know quite passionate about finding a job and actually finding them so you've got the satisfaction kind of from that um nice. and then yeah you've got the challenges in the other way where you know you'd line up interviews and people wouldn't turn up so oh, yeah um, yeah so yeah it does it does prepare you for life um it's quite a good grounding um and yeah you know it's reasonably successful uh, in the recruitment world got to a certain point where um you know i wanted to kind of get a bit more sort of passionate and emotive about what i was kind of selling yeah and uh and yeah took a took a you know very much entry level sort of position at uh goodwood racecourse um nice. worked yeah no not nice so that was more yeah that was closer to home for me so i'm kind of from um west sussex way so yeah, yeah goodwood base in chichester um was uh yeah was kind of my closest course probably and you know a brand that I'd always um sort of associated with just from going racing really you know not yeah. too much of a, not too much of a racing buff but um from the social aspect um I've always enjoyed a day at the races so yeah um I've always found it quite easy to talk about um but yeah then from there yeah my boss moved to moved to Ascot and uh, I didn't really have any sort of ties at, at the time to the you know to the area and I just kind of thought yeah well you know sure I'll 
I'll give it a go. And again, it was kind of like a temporary, um, bit of a temporary contract because I had, you know, I was sort of restarting in a, in a new career, as it were, which, um, sure. which, yeah, obviously, you know, comes with a certain, um, you know, remits of, you know, financial remits of sort of taking a bit of a hit for a while and, yeah. um, and obviously getting to know a new place, um, which, um, which I'd never really sort of done before, but, um, but now I kind of have two homes. Um, so I've got, you know, kind of, Bognor Regis, well, Felton Village in West Sussex, where I'm actually from, and, yeah. um, and Ascot now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for um, sort of having the having the leap, and then yeah, just sort of move through, move through the company at Ascot to um, yeah, mainly in sort of a sales account management role, speaking to existing clients, um, yeah. literally from the start, you know, from when they actually inquire um, to when they're sort of saying, "Oh, Max, you know, we want to, we want us to help you with your day." To, actually sort of greeting them on on the day in their restaurant in their box and kind of seeing them have a yeah sit have a nice time and you know you've kind of got that full circle um experience so um yeah for me that's kind of where where we're at at the moment and yeah i deal with kind of some of our um you know some of our kind of most sort of prestigious um clients and yeah just just try and make sure that you know anything that they've done beforehand um, you know we're reaching the, sim- the same levels of expectations but sure. also trying to um, you know trying to think of new ways that we can work with a company say if we work with one branch of a of a company um, you know trying to use that as kind of a bit of a case study to um, to see if there's any other you know sort of divisions within the business that we can um, that we can help with. Brilliant. Yeah. So that customer retention piece and then the development piece as well around, you know, branching out into other areas. Love that. And, you know, when we think about Ascot or when I think about Ascot, I always think of it as being such a wonderful day out. Um, it's quite lavish. It's quite luxurious. You know, you get to get dressed up as well if you want to. Um, and it's quite the ultimate experience, isn't it? So I wonder, yeah. I wondered if you could share with me in your time at Ascot so far, one of the standout moments, one of the standout sort of experiences that you've sort of been involved in. Um, yeah, I think for me, one of the, you know, one of the first kind of, wow, this is, you know, this is really it kind of moments was, um, you know, seeing, you know, seeing Her Majesty kind of arrive um, wow. in a sort of horse-drawn carriage for the first time, um, just being in the main, you know, grandstand kind of in my top hat and tails, which I'd never kind of worn before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking out and everyone's kind of like, you know, lifting, you know, lifting their cap as, um, you know, as, as Her Majesty kind of rolls past them this um you know this amazing you know carriage and you've kind of got the um you know the whole kind of crowd all um all in attendance you know kind of um take drinking it all in alongside the national anthem um it's definitely something that um is you know i think it you know so it's obviously a really important part of you know british kind of history but also you know that worldwide kind of appeal the fact that you know kind of the eyes of the world are are on us um and you know everything you know all of the kind of standards that come with that so for me it's um yeah that, that was kind of definitely a moment where you know the hairs on the back of the neck will um, will stand up and um, yeah. you know kind of thought wow okay yeah no i have arrived somewhere pretty pretty special um, yeah. so so yeah for me you know thinking that as someone who's you know kind of been pretty pretty tired you know putting the hours in before the event but for someone who's just you know pretty relaxed rocking up in their finery enjoying a day out um I can imagine you know that being a centerpiece of the day um you know and, and a really nice way to kick off because that's you know the royal procession is how we kind of start a day um at, at Royal Ascot so um that kind of um you know starts the initiates the start of the racing 
absolutely it's quite yeah there's there's not many um yeah there's not many kind of starts like that and i think it's just that accessibility and access to um you know to the to those kind of for instance to those people and you know those kind of icons that we you know that we all kind of um know of but you know to be in such um you know proximity to um you know to that kind of thing is um is what makes it so special i think so i, I agree and look and how distinctly british is that hey you there in your top hat and tails and, um, uh, and you know the, the horse-drawn carriages come by and it's everything you expect to see on a netflix series around the royals <laughs> isn't it you know it, it, really, it really is and i think it's um you know i think that's one thing you know it is like going back in time yeah you know you've kind of go you know everyone's um you know, no matter, we have a few different enclosures, but, you know, the dress code throughout is pretty smart, no matter where you are, and especially yeah. if you're in the royal enclosure, um, you know, just to sort of walk through there, you know, at certain points of the day. And um, yeah, it does, you know, it does generally sort of feel like you've, um, you know, you're going back in time and it is a kind of a celebration of all of the tradition and history. But like you say, it is a, you know, very quintessentially British. It is. And, um, yeah, no, that's kind of, yeah, kind of warms your heart a little bit on on that, you know, on that side of things as well. It makes you kind of proud, um, you know, it proud is. to be a part of it. So. And we should be really proud of that. And as you guys at Ascot must be super proud of that because the tourist tourism aspect, you know, all of the different tourists from across the world when they're allowed that come into the UK, you know, yeah. going to Ascot must be such an amazing thing. And then being part of like the Royal Ascot Day as well, where you, the Queen is there as, oh, wow. It is absolutely Britain in a cup of tea, isn't it? It really is. It's just wonderful. Now, I wondered if you could talk me through for anyone that doesn't um, understand the sort of hospitality packages that you provide at Ascot what kind of yeah. things can we do what are those ultimate experiences that we might deliver yeah so from um from a from a hospitality point of view there's there's so many different you know kind of angles of looking at it and I yeah. think it's um yeah people have their you know in their mind I think the you know the corporate sort of hospitality world of where you might have you know a table of 10 or you know a, a box of 10 or something like that and yeah. um you know very sort of straightforward and off the shelf but you know a lot of it is you know very much tailored towards the kind of day um you know the day that you're experiencing because a lot of the race days are kind of themed um yeah. so there's always tries to be sort of a theme around the menu it's all you know kind of um you know in season you know it's all it's all sort of innovative innovative but traditional um yeah. the kind of way that you want to put it because you know at the end of the day you know people do know what they like and um and you know they've become used to what they kind of expect from somewhere like Ascot but at the same time you want to push you know push forward and make sure that we're creating something interesting so there's definitely a blend of that um within the hospitality but yeah um yeah we have restaurants that you know you can have a table for two for instance you know nice. if you were having like a birthday or an anniversary or something like that and you yeah. know, come along and have hospitality for the day and you know we have a lot of people that you know that come and do that you know regularly and they might they might not go out every weekend or everything like that, but you know, once a quarter they'll come to us and kind of spend that money that they might have saved, um, you know, doing something really special a few times a year. So it's not all kind of, um, I think you get that, you know, like you said, yeah, vision of austerity almost. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the big thing for us is kind of the spectrum of value um, across the piece from whether you're coming to have, 
a picnic um you yeah. know on a, on, a, on a normal admission ticket all the way through to kind of the you know, the top top restaurants that we had with um you know with michelin star chefs um in attendance the um you know the bulk of it is to have sort of something for everybody yeah and i know that sounds a bit cliche but um it is it is definitely our model and you know i think it's um i think it's really important for us to be able to cater to um also you know all sorts of different people and i think at the end of the day royal ascot is what we're known for in the yeah. centerpiece but you know at the end of the day with royal ascot there is obviously going to be a premium so yes. you know if you're looking to entertain we race pretty much every other month of the year yeah um so you know we've always got a race day just around the corner for which might be better value but you know you you are getting um you're still getting the ascot experience so that's it yeah and like you say there's different tiers of different experiences for different kinds of people it's someone's birthday mm-hmm. wedding anniversary or something it doesn't always have to be those big corporate companies do and um, that are hosting no. clients and things the experience it's, can be quite personal yeah it is it's a really nice you know it's a really nice thing to do we've um you know when we've had the opportunity you know we've done it, i've done it a couple of times with friends and family and that kind of thing and just to get everybody together i think racing is such a you know i think i don't obviously people know about it but i think it's overlooked from the point of view that there's normally something for everybody like if you're a foodie there's good food um you know if you if you you know if you're into into your beers or champagne whatever it is yeah there's something for you if you're into your racing perfect you know but if you're you know into your fashion you know you can get dressed up and come along and it's um yeah, it's very much you know gender neutral you know there's no kind of sort of yeah. like or even a team you know if you supported a certain football team or something like that you know there's none of that kind of um you know i'm not really that interested because i don't really follow them or anything like that so we we like to think that there's kind of something for everybody and in a lot of sporting arenas if you're actually watching a game or something like that you'll be sat next to the person you know on your left and on your right probably for the duration of the game and you might yeah someone who you wanted to speak to who's kind of 10 seats down and by the time you're in it now you might get to see them you know very briefly but you know with racing you've kind of got you know seven and a half eight hours of the day um where you know you can be in and out of the box on the balcony um you know in and out of the restaurant on the balcony watching the racing um which is obviously a couple of minutes you know a couple of minutes of race or something like that and it's then it's done and it's back into the either the networking or you know the kind of you know family friendship relationships and you know yeah. you're back sort of chatting away um quite quickly so making the most of that time um Absolutely. i definitely think i definitely think racing got it um got it pretty good on that it does and i think it, like you've just touched on there it's really good for networking isn't it because there are so many different avenues to go down in terms of conversation so you've got the racing which is one thing and you're either know what you're talking about for the racing or you're a beginner like me and you're just <laughs> looking at the horses and then pick someone in the book that's got a nice looking hat or something or a nice name you like the name exactly. of the horse or something exactly. and it, it creates that wonderful conversation or again if you like fashion you can be looking complimenting each other's fashion um, outfits and things and and the foodie that's another thing so you can talk about the food so there's just so many different avenues there for networking opportunities to create that conversation yeah i think you know especially if you know for instance you know it's like sometimes you can go networking and you don't necessarily have you know you're trying to find that middle ground or you know that kind of topic that can you know kind of help you resonate to to somebody and i think you know it, it definitely gives you more of that opportunity like you say i've had you know people that have come in and be like oh i don't really know how to bet on or anything like that on the first race by the time the fifth race is gone they're the first ones to the 
yeah. to the tofu in their bets on, you know, they've got their tickets in hand. They're, you know, they're kind of really energized. And, you know, like I say, as soon as kind of a, you know, a win goes down in the group or something, you know, something like that, or one of you've won and that buzz that kind of ripples through the, um, the box or the restaurant um, is, is quite special and hard to sort of recreate. I can't really think of much that, you know, much that can kind of um, compete with it. No. obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased but no um, it, is, it is unique it really is unique and it is an all it's an all-inclusive sort of um atmosphere that's built isn't it it's nobody's been left out at all um yeah. I wonder because obviously we're talking about Ascot here and the fact that it is so prestigious how do you as a team make sure that you are delivering that high standard of service because we come to Ascot we want to but we want to feel that we're being really looked after <laughs> and welcomed depending what obviously package we're looking mm. at of course but how do you make sure that your team are delivering that yeah I think it you know it starts from everything it starts from because for me you know a lot of the you know some of my clients you know you might be giving them the best kind of service you know all day or everything like that but you know when they arrived and you know stepped into the car park they might have stepped into a bit of mud on their way in or something like that and instantly they're in that mindset of right okay I want to complain yeah um so from us it starts from how they're greeted you know from our from our car you know from the guys in the car park from the staff you know, the training, the kind of, um, you know, knowing where things are, for instance, you know, yeah. if you want to grab someone and ask someone, oh, okay, how do I get to my restaurant or something like that, knowing that you're not going to be sent around, you know, around the houses to try and find um, what you're looking for. So it's the all-encompassing experience for, you know, making, um, you know, making kind of people aware, even if they're just working for us for that week, that they are part of something bigger and part of that team. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, people don't just necessarily arrive on the day, you know, on the Tuesday, more or less, but for instance, and start work. You know, they'd have been in with us, you know, a couple of weeks beforehand, doing some training, yeah. know, making sure they're, you know, they're kind of up to speed. They know, you know, they know where their touch points are, um, which, you know, I, I think really, really helps. And we've had, um, you know, we've had a lot of people at Askell, which is testament to, to kind of the brand and, and the company that have been there some time as well. Yeah. So, um, so, so that level of experience is kind of, um, you know, you kind of end up having a competition of who's done the most, well, that's, you know, or who's done the most King Georges or whatever it is. Wow. And, um, and, you know, you do, you do tend to see, you know, quite a low sort of turnover of, um, of staff, which, you yeah. know, which, which obviously helps when you're trying to set up a, set up a huge event because a lot of the stuff is kind of taken care of and you can almost, you know, as much as it's, very very hard work if you've done it before yeah and you kind of know what to expect and you kind of know that you're going to have those late nights those early mornings you know what kind of questions will come up yeah um, and I think it's just being as prepared as possible for that you know like for instance if someone loses their tickets on the way in I don't want you know one of my clients to be out there for an hour yeah. trying to get in when they've paid x y and z to be here which, you know, which can happen, you know, and, and has happened earlier doors. But now, you know, you want to make sure that they've got your mobile number. They know that they can get hold of you straight away. Yes. You know that you know that you can speak to someone on the gate and say, look, you know, they have, you know, X, Y and Z booking. Please can you make sure that they, they're let in and, you know, we'll find someone to escort them to the restaurant, for instance. So it's little bits and pieces like that, which sound really simple, but, you know, it, there's such small things that can affect someone's day. And as soon as Agreed. they come into a restaurant, yeah. they'll be like, oh, okay, well, this is a bit cold or, you know, well, this is, yeah. a bit, and, you know, straight away they're in that kind of mindset. So we yeah. try and we try and keep them away from getting in that mindset. And if they do get into that mindset, 
we try and sort of appease and smooth it over as soon as possible. So. Exactly. Like you, you're absolutely right. It's the small stuff that does sway um, how someone's opinion as well. You know, like you say, if someone's waiting for the ticket outside the gates for an hour because they've lost it and they've paid a lot of money, they, they would expect that to be sorted out very, very quickly. So, yeah, it is the small yeah. things that can absolutely upset um, the balance, as we know, as in the events industry. Um, now, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to come on to COVID. Uh, we, we can't ignore it because it has massively impacted every corner of the events industry and yeah. the sporting world as well. So I'd be interested to hear sort of, you know, the journey that your Ascot's been on, yourself personally. And, you know, we are hopefully coming out to the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit now. But, you know, how's the last year been? Um, yeah, it's been yeah, very, very interesting. I can't yeah. believe it's been a year. You know, I know. Just the conversations this week of um, I just, I just remember with uh, with my um, with my flatmate at the time. I remember because we worked together and we were living together at the time. And um, you know, I think he just sort of turned to me and was like, "Oh, so do you think this is going to be all the next week, girl?" Yeah. Or, and you know, and that just sticks in my head so much. And the fact that we're still not, but you know. A year later we're you know we're still not back but i think it's um yeah it's highlighted a lot of different things um for me and i think from a from a personal point of view and you know you you've had a chance to evaluate you know exactly what's important you know kind of look at um look at the ways that you're doing things as well i think yeah. we've been able to streamline quite a lot and obviously all of this kind of stuff if i ever been on a zoom call before that probably no. not um <laughs> And uh, yeah, you know, for me, it's it's been about taking sort of the positives out of it. And I hope we don't, you know, my, I really don't want to overnight think, oh, okay, yeah, right, okay, let's go back to, you know, exactly how we were beforehand. Because, yeah. you know, as much as we have been in the tough times and we are at home and those, kind of, you know, that's not saying that, you know, everything that we did beforehand was perfect and none of us, you know, all of us were relaxed and none of us were stressed out and all of those kind of things. So, um, you know, I think it is, a you know a chance to kind of reflect and you know make sure that we are all the good things that we you know all the good habits that we picked up and even you know even how we've kind of been with each other you know on the whole yeah. you know I think there's been a you know there has been a different level of empathy that um you know no matter who you are who you've been affected like there's no buying your way out of this you know no. or, you know whatever it is you know you you know you're gonna at some point you know it's gonna have to have um had to have had an effect on your life or business so um it's quite rare to have found um something like that so for me it's been all about that and you know having conversations with clients getting to see their kitchens getting to yeah. see their living rooms um <laughs> and you know talking to them about stuff that you know you wouldn't normally be um you wouldn't normally go into you know you'd normally be talking around their booking or yeah. um you know the the kind of basics whereas now you kind of know a little bit more um a little bit more about what's going on so yeah it's, it's a new level of relationship isn't it that we're building with people I think now Def definitely and like you say that that word empathy is very important I think everyone understands that we are here in our homes we may have children in the background the dogs might be barking we may have to just run off to open the door because there's a delivery there you know and, yeah. and we are very we deal with each other very differently we're still very professional in our ways but you know we we are open to being a bit more flexible with the way someone works definitely and I think that's really important and for me you know, I think I know that in sales it's difficult because I know some people that um, 
yeah, really enjoy the buzz. You know, you yeah. see, you've got the buzz of kind of talking to people and stuff like that. So I know a couple of the guys in in uh, in our teams have um, you know created a bit of a power where they go on like a Zoom and make their calls kind of together, as it were. So nice. you know, there's lots of different sort of ideas that are coming through. But for me, I like the flexibility of being at home. Yeah. Um, whether it's like you say, you know, like if it's on your lunch break, you can put the washing on or, you know, yeah. set the dishwasher or whatever it is, it frees up your evening to do more. And if you can be as productive, it's kind of like, why not? So, Absolutely. Um, so for me, that's kind of what I don't want to kind of get lost in the, right, let's rush back to everything 100%, 100 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I agree. With, there's yeah. been a lot of good lessons learned about around ways of working hasn't there so we shouldn't we shouldn't fall back into old habits no absolutely and i think it's taken something like this to have the opportunity to kind of um or one you have that kind of enforced trust that's yeah. thrown upon businesses you know they didn't have a choice no. and you know two i think on the whole from what i've heard you know there's been a lot of positives yeah um, i haven't heard much where you know because i think people do want it and i think people are you know pushing to show that they can that it can work so they're getting more out of people because they you know not that they not that, just trying to think of the right word not that they feel bad because they're at home but because they want to sort of prove that it can work it can work you, you're going yeah. to end up getting more out of people anyway so from yeah. a business point of view it kind of makes sense too it really does i agree and i'm thinking about business um and if we come back to sort of um ascot i'm sure that you are probably planning now for you know the easing of restrictions we're in we're just getting there we're getting to the point where we're starting yeah. to ease restrictions hopefully fingers crossed yeah. um so how are you guys planning how are you guys at the ascot, ascot planning for the future and, and ensuring that those um wonderful experiences can still be delivered yeah, so I think every every step of the way is, um, you know, kind of governed by the, you know, the UK restrictions and roadmap. So yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're basically just trying to keep in touch with our customers as much as we can, with as yeah. much information as we can. But, you know, majority of the time our hands are kind of tied. So um, it, it does rely on, um, it does rely on how, you know, restrictions are lifted and that kind of thing. I think we... We got to a point in like last September, I think, where we were kind of moving towards, uh, oh, we might be able to do, you know, a certain amount of people. Um, and then, um, and then obviously, yeah, that didn't happen. So, no. you know, we kind of ramp up and then you ramp down. And then December, I think we had a similar thing. Um, and yeah, and then obviously now we've got kind of a bit more of a roadmap. So it's kind of your, um, you're optimistic, but also, you know, you need to, take you know the right steps towards yeah. um what we're doing you know for instance you know for you know if we built a lot of infrastructure around an event um and you know we, we you know we've forked out you know quite a lot of you know quite a lot of money around um you know building structures or yeah. entertainment for instance or anything like that and then all of a sudden a week beforehand we find out the restrictions have changed yeah um then you know that puts you know that puts even more pressure on the business so it's just about, I think, being as much as, you know, when we can have people back, we will, but it won't be before, you know, kind of before time and, you know, be done very much in the right way. Um, yeah. But also in collaboration with customers, you know, making sure that they're, because, it, you know, even if you do sort of open the door, not everybody's going to want to, you know, not everybody's going to feel comfortable straight away. So no. um, it's very much a, um, you know, a learning piece and education piece and, um you know just showing that empathy and trying to sort of work um yeah. especially with my relationship you know just work with them and kind of um try and find some sort of agreeable 
uh, middle ground that we can move forward on together. Agree. And and coming if we come link this into sporting events in particular, then because um, I'm I'm interested because some of the listeners <clears throat> might be thinking, oh, do you know what? How do I get involved in sort of sporting events? And if I want to get some experience, and first I'd like to draw out um, what what excites you about working in the sport at Sporting <clears throat> World Arena? What is it that absolutely sort of gets you out of bed in the morning that you know just make that ter- that absolutely drives you to deliver? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, there, yeah, there, there's, mul- there's multiple things. I think for me, it's um, like I kind of touched on beforehand. It is the, um, it's definitely the the kind of um, you know the association with a you know kind of a bigger picture and the bigger yeah. brand. And I think it's the you know something that's so well known as well. Yeah. Um, just kind of adding your um, adding your doing your little part towards that. It's a bit like a I don't know. I suppose like a theatre production. Um, so you know you're kind of you know you might not necessarily be you know the um the star name or whatever it is but um but you know everyone's kind of in it together to get something delivered and i think that's the um that's a nice approach about the sports industry and i'm sure it happens in other industries but you know for instance if um you know say uh you know if we're looking to get something out quite quickly in the post or something like that then they might be like oh, okay can some of the sales guys come and you know come and sort of help us out so we can get this done or yeah you know, someone's got a really big delivery upstairs or whatever you know like can you know can we grab a few of you to come and sort of help out so I think it's um I think it's just kind of naturally part of the um part of the fabric of people that I'm not saying other people don't have it are they but you know yeah. in, in the sports and events industry where you um where you kind of just sort of naturally sort of pull together. And I think, you know, a lot of that might come from, for me, it might come from playing sport, you know, when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, good point. And, and that sort of team, you know, that team sort of epic. Um, you know, again, like in sport, you know, might not necessarily be the be the best, but, you know, if you if you kind of try, you're going to make yourself useful at least in, the, yeah. in a couple of situations. So for me, it's that and the fact that, um, yeah, I think just that for me, as much as I, you know, as much as I love kind of the, you know, the, the kind of corporate side of it and the clients and working on solutions for them, the, I remember a few clients that have come from, you know, the other side of the, you know, the other side of the world, for instance, and they wouldn't necessarily be something that they would afford to do year on year. Yeah. Um, but they would come and do, you know, one of the top experiences, like a bucket list type thing or something yeah. like that. And, you know, you're talking to them and they might be from Texas, for instance, and you get to know a little bit about them and their family. And, you know, you speak to them a couple of times before they come and then you see them on the day, you know, dressed up and you get to meet them and, you know, you see them kind of in situ and you see how happy they are. And you're like, wow, okay, you know, this is, you know, this is something that I've obviously, you know, someone else might have been able to put it together, of course, but, you know, I've been a part of kind of creating this joy for somebody else. Yeah. And, um, that will be remembered the, yeah you know, they will remember that yeah and that's the payoff and you know like sometimes you know they're like oh my god you know you're, Matt, you're the guy that you're actually the guy that we spoke to like yeah you know and, and even just the you know in the chaos of what is 60 odd thousand people a day and you're running around trying to get everything sorted if you remember like to go and see that couple from you know from from texas or wherever it might be um yeah. you know just to see the light on their face and you've actually made the effort to go and kind of say hello and you, know, you have pictures with them and stuff, you know it's kind of like you know and then you might get an email after the event and they've got pictures of them all dressed up and 
um, they're kind of resharing their memories with you. So for me, yeah. it's, that, it's that kind of thing. So, That's yeah. lovely. And um, one final question for you then around sort of key skills. You know, if we've got people that are looking to get within the sporting events industry, what yeah. kind of person do they need to be? What, what, what will set them up for success? Um, I think, I think, you know, from, <clears throat> excuse me, from a starting point, um, it's just that open-minded, yeah. um, open-minded approach and, you know, be, be kind of prepared to do anything for a bit, I think, was the, was the main message, you know, kind of when I started in, um, you know, it was very much on a kind of, um, you know, on a, on an, you know, on an ad admin basis, that yeah. kind of thing. And, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do in, in, in the end of it, but, you know, I kind of made myself useful, spoke to the, spoke to the right people that were in the positions that I one day wanted to occupy and kind of thought okay well you know what it was lucky for me because obviously I moved to like a new um a new area and you know I didn't really have too many responsibilities so if, if I had to stay late it was yeah you know it was great because it gave me something to do so yeah I think I think you know just showing not that you should always stay late but I think just having that kind of um interest yeah. um interest in kind of developing um yourself but also just you know having the courage to kind of um explore that company and, and find out you know what kind of experience would would benefit that you know would benefit that business moving forward and kind of speak to those people that are already in the roles that you might one day want to occupy and just ask them the same question that's um, it I like that I like the way that you've talked about that that you get in the business first and it might not be in the role absolutely that you want to be in but you're in it you're learning you're getting that yeah. experience and then you're learning from the people in the roles that you want to be in so it's that stepping stone it's that progression into the roles isn't it which I really like yeah you know it's really you know it's really important and I think mm. it's um you know I think that's kind of you know one of one of the most you know, one of the simplest things you can do but you know I would I would say to people that you know I wouldn't necessarily put yourself in financial difficulty just to take a take a certain role or anything yeah. like that but if you yeah. are in a position where you know you can't balance it for a certain amount of time and you are you know the company that you're in is making the right noises towards wanting you to succeed there um then you know something that you can really sort of gun for and yeah. um, and you know get your teeth into well, I'll tell you what, you're in a very lucky position in terms of when, when it's up and running and Ascot's running, then, you know, your role just sounds incredible. So, yeah, you've done very, very well for yourself. There's, um, yeah, there's I, peaks and troughs like any job, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I do want to give you a little moment, actually, just to shout out your podcast, because I know that you've got a bit of a sporting events podcast going on and um, it's a new venture for you. So let, let's hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, so I got furloughed in November. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I got brought back into the business in January time. Um, so for me, it was kind of, um, I've always been quite a big advocate on mental health, having kind of mm -hmm. like suffered from like anxiety, you know, anxiety a few times um, over the last few years. And I think for me, I was trying to speak to people that might be going through a similar thing because I know this situation has kind of triggered a bit more of that. Yeah, and, sure. Um, and you know like quite understandably in a lot of people for you know for a lot of different reasons and I think I was trying to create content to kind of say look I'm I'm who I am if you're you know in your demographic or you can resonate with my demographic then maybe have a listen to what I've experienced and how I've kind of dealt with certain things so it was it was about that in the first instance and then I think I was trying to talk to everybody and you know yeah. as, you, as you kind of know you kind of need a bit more of a bit more of a niche and um, yeah. 
I thought, right, okay, well, I work in sports and events. Let's let's see if I can try and sort of help out a few people in in my industry. And it and it started with obviously from my time in recruitment, I was looking through people's CVs um, that were looking for new jobs. So I might rewrite people's CVs um, just in my, you know, just in kind of the free time that I was having and send them back so they could, um, you know, so hopefully they could have a, you know, a bit more of a, um, bit more of an opportunity to get the, get the kind of roles that they were looking for. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might do a bit of a, like we're doing now, you know, like a bit of interview practice. Um, I did that for a few people and kind of reached out on LinkedIn and a lot of people got in touch and, I um, remember my partner, you know, it was kind of like when I was in fellow, like, why are you just using this time to relax? And I was like, well, you know, you know, if I can kind of sort of help, you know, as much as, um, you know, as much as I can, then it keeps me busy at the same time. So it was a bit Absolutely. of a win-win, really. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of developed into um, something, yeah, called hashtag be a good sport, um, which is, yeah, a weekly article that kind of has touches on you know, bits to improve kind of your daily sort of day-to-day life and, um, and business life, you know, mainly just, you know, if it's podcasts or quotes or anything yeah. that I've kind of seen, just little touch points. And then, um, yeah, five people from the sports and events industry. So that can be stadiums, um, you know, venues, um, whatever it is, even, you know, kind of businesses that you wouldn't even think about that support, them. you know, the caterers, for instance, or, um, the guys that provide the, the Wi-Fi at a certain venue or, you know, or something like that, whatever it might be, people that support the industry. Um, I would just introduce, yeah, five new kind of people each week and get them to write a few lines about themselves. Nice. Um, and, you know, kind of try and put that into a, um, you know, into a bit of a, an interesting sort of recap that wasn't too sort of wordy or too long, but people could kind of digest on a lunch break or, you know, in, in, on an evening on the phone, you know, with a, with a glass of whatever in hand um and yeah gradually the feedback was for a bit more audio and video um Brilliant. so yeah so I, I kind of i'm going back through the versions of the article and turning them into podcasts basically um ah. so i've already already got some of the content there so those people are going to get kind of double bubble on as far as the awareness is concerned um but yeah so going back through and had the sort of first episode came out um yeah last week and then yeah working recording the next one um in the next couple of days so um yeah part two will be out soon and it's like I say the you know the main one that we're kind of looking at is um you know it works quite well is on spotify so that's kind of where i listen to most of my stuff yeah but it's pretty much available on you know on most on most kind of um different platforms but yeah feel free to um i'm just under as maxwell fenton on linkedin so yep. if anyone wants to connect or um, if you've got any further questions about Ascot or anything that I do, um, then yeah, I'm always happy to support. So. Fantastic, brilliant, and what a lovely chat! I've really enjoyed this and finding out more about Ascot. Do you know what? I can't wait now to go. I, I'm literally <laughs> I'm remembering having all of those crowds of people around and all that wonderful grandeur and all the nice dresses and everything. I can't wait. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, we look. You know, we've looked back at some of the video content that we have, yeah. and you just see, you know, people in such close proximity, all yeah. sort of celebrating on the winning line and have, you know, glass champagne in hand. It seems, um, yeah, it seems a million miles away, but um, you know, we'll get there. I think. I think we're all going to appreciate a hell of a lot more than we will than we would have beforehand. So yeah, um, Max, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, and I wish you all the best for your own podcast too. So take care. You're welcome. Thank you very much. So hands up, who's looking forward to getting really dressed up and going to a day at the races now? 
Oh, the thought is just incredible, isn't it? I cannot wait. A huge thank you to Maxwell for joining me on this week's show. It was a pleasure to chat, Maxwell, and I'm sure we will hook up again soon. I hope that provided you some insider knowledge into sporting events and luxury high-end events too. It's such a great area to dive into, isn't it? And if anyone's got any ambitions to work in this area, then if you've got any questions for Maxwell, I'm sure he'd only be happy to help. And likewise, if you've got any questions for me, if you enjoy enjoying this season so far then please do get in touch ask those questions and I will try and answer them on the podcast going forward shall I don't forget we've got our socials running now and we've got a community that's growing on Instagram it's on Twitter and it is on LinkedIn too so just search for events for breakfast podcast and you will find us so come and join the community And remember, you can find us on your usual podcast provider, which is what you're doing right now. So how about leaving us a five-star rating because it will help other people find us. Enjoy the rest of your week and I will be back next week with another super guest for you. Take care, everyone. Bye. 